Hello and welcome to the Men of Action podcast, where we bring in the warriors who have overcome the difficulties and the storms in their life. The men who fell like a zero until they recognized the hero that was inside them all along, so that way they could unleash the warrior within. And today, I got a special guest. I got Nate Norman out here on this podcast, and he's going to be telling us a little bit of his story. So I'm glad to have you, Nate. Hey, Zach. Glad to be here, brother, man. Excited to talk with you and just get to know you a little bit and share a little bit of the story that's led me to these points in life. Awesome. Let's get into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Dude, I'm a father of three. I've got three beautiful kids, a 11-year-old girl, a 9-year-old boy, and an 8-year-old daughter. And uh, they're, we're full tilt right now, baseball, volleyball, all the stuff, doing it all, right? I've uh, been married awesome. for about 15 years, and uh, I spent about 10 years in the pulpit uh, preaching and teaching and just sharing God's love and uh, just uh, now work for the power company. And I joke with some of the guys on Twitter, man, you know, I'll, I'll run off to the port of John and crank out a few tweets and then get, get on back to work. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I, we've been following each other for uh, probably a couple months at this point, something like that. And I got to say, I love like all your motivational sayings and like all the encouragement that you put out there. So you must be quickly running, get a good little bit motivational in there and just have it for the day. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it, it's something that I feel like, you know, a mantra for life, man. You know, sometimes uh, you see stuff on Twitter, you're like, ah, oh, man, I don't really know if that, that's, that dude's living this or whatever. But for me, I need that stuff. I need that outlook. I need that positivity. I need that, that encouragement. And mm-hmm. I say this often, Zach, if you don't see the friend that you want in your life, you have to become that friend. Mm-hmm. And so if I didn't see positivity or encouragement – or uplifting things, I needed to be that. And so that catalyst for me has carried on for many years. If, if I don't see it, just be it, become it, right? You don't see yeah. the father or dad or leader or worker that you want in life become that man, right? Well, that takes a lot of guts to be that person because a lot of times a lot of people can say, man, I want to do this. It's like, it's not been in my mind, it's been on my heart, but it's like, I don't know if I can do it. So for you to just be like, you know what? I don't really say that there, so I'm going to be the difference. I'm going to be the one to really go out there and be that encouragement that you need. And then naturally, this is what I love about Twitter and that I didn't really know before, before I joined Twitter, was like how much encouragement, positivity is like really out there when you're like, when you're like searching for and finding it, like how it just also just naturally comes about. Like when you're putting out those encouraging, you connect with one person and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you like this guy? So boom, 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 boom. And it's like how we were able to connect and us connect with a lot of people, especially the one who got you that awesome shirt on that you have right now. Well, Tyler. Loves that. A little, little, little plug in for there for him for a little bit. Just uh, all the encouragement he's been providing too, man. He's like nonstop as well. He's great, dude. Yeah. Check out Tyler's shirts. They're fantastic. Uh, joke about this shirt is you're guaranteed to get a PR when you wear this shirt. So get it. It backs. I know someone's day because I know if you to the gym, Everyone's like, dude, love the shirt. Like, friend made it. Should check it out. Love it, dude. Love it. All right. So, so on this podcast, we really discussed like something like trying to encourage other men, and because sometimes it's hard to be a guy. You know, you don't really know where you're at. There's not always a lot of support and community out there where you have to go like a little bit extra to go find it. So, what is something that you kind of struggled with, and like how you overcame it? Yeah, absolutely, Zach. So. Part of my backstory was I had really just gone into the listless drifter, uh, you know, through through parenting and through the job and the 40 hour work week and everything that a man normally deals with. You have a propensity and a, a tendency as a man to go lifeless, to go cold, mm. to go gray. 
And that became one of the major trials of my life is, 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 is putting color back, man. And the more guys I talk to and the more guys I speak to, we all have a tendency within us to go gray, you know, mm-hmm. to be silent, to go stoic or to go just passionless, man, or purposeless. And we begin, yeah. once you begin opening the doors of the listless man, of the gray man, he, he'll rear his head and it'll, you'll become that without even knowing you've gotten there. And then you'll wake up one day and you're like, how in the world did I become this type of man? And so for me, recognizing that I had become the gray man, that I had become listless, that I had become lifeless in my pursuits, lifeless in my marriage, lifeless in my career, ambitionless, goalless, visionless, those things, there was nothing, nothing that typified me except monotony, a flat line, if you will. Right. And recognizing that I had become the gray man was one of the biggest struggles of my life. And a lot of young parents go through this. A lot of guys in their midlife, they call it a midlife crisis where they re-identify themselves or rebrand themselves or make a big purchase or go find a younger wife or something. They're going through these stages of a gray man, which is natural. And you have to use the right steps to get out of that or you're going to end up ruining what God's given you to entrust. Oh, absolutely. So how long be this uh, gray man for? And what did you come up? Did you come up with that term or did you get it from like a book or a? You know, over the course of years, you hear things, you hear sermons, you hear snippets. And I had heard it described as uh, the Vietnam generation. They called the Vietnam returners the the gray man because Vietnam had had affected these men in such ways that when they came back, their acclimation was very gray. They didn't want to talk about what they had seen overseas, some of the atrocities that had been done and done to them. And they just didn't really speak of it. Right. So they kind of became gray. And so I adapted that to to our lifestyles today uh, where a man has a tendency to lose interest and to to not talk about the things that make him tick or to not talk about the things that make him passionate. And he just lets him go cold. And you could call it the cold man or the listless man or the gray man or the purposeless man. But I like this concept of the gray man because it was void. Right. The man still exists. There's life in his heart. There's life in his brain, but he's just very gray. There's no color to it. It's not black, right? It's not white. It's not right. full color spectrum. It's just flatlined. Yeah, I, I love that terminology, the gray man. I mean, that's a great word to describe it. You're just like in this like limbo land of not knowing what to do or to go. And especially, you know, we kind of, as guys, kind of, we're not very good at connecting with other guys, which we're not very good at, I mean, when you develop that support group, it takes a lot of effort and intentionality to keep it together because it's easy to get distracted in work, family, kids' life. So for you to really go through all that, it's just incredible to be able to, one, even recognize what's going on, then two, to do something about it. So how long were you this gray man for, and then what kind of helped you get out of that kind of slump, if you will? So I spent about seven or eight years. I worked in a prison during that time and I had a very oppressive, you know, the the prison atmosphere was just so dark and so oppressive. Mm -hmm. You know, you got 1500 inmates who are just upset at life. They're mad to be there. They're, they're, they're frustrated. And that began to weigh on me. So I spent about eight years just wondering why I was on the face of the earth or wondering what my purpose was or how to, how to come out of this cave of questioning that I was in, you know, and it stemmed from my faith. It stemmed from my career. It stemmed from not having a purpose or nothing to put my hands on. And Zach, you know, this bro guys are meant 
to, to have a purpose, to right. have a passion. And when you have your hands on nothing, you, you, you wonder what you're here for. It's when you begin to work at something and to put your hands on something as God intended you to do as a man, that you find those purposes and find those passions. So over the course of time, after about eight years or so of marriage and, and just a listless drifting, uh, some things begin to happen with my fitness. I got reached out to by a group of, of guys that do like a 5 a.m. workout outside. And oh, wow. they go meet at uh, schools here in Columbia. And, you know, it's called F3, man. And, and these guys were just doing calisthenics. And that was a great entrance to my, my fitness. And that kind of started me down a path of, of correcting that ship. You know, and through the course of my fitness and aligning my faith and figuring out some of these 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 pillar points for my life, I began to slowly emerge from that cave and realize that that God had put in me wirings and giftings and abilities that I could use for, for good, for a furthering of the kingdom, for a, a benefit to my children, a benefit to my wife, a benefit to my friends. And I don't have to just wait on something good to happen. I can go out and live like every day is a good day, you know. I love it. That's that's incredible. And 5 a.m. That's to do calisthenics and everything. That's, you don't really see that too often. No, nah, it's it, a great group, it, man. It's a lot of work to be the 5 a.m. club. That's for sure. I am a I am a believer, man, in the 5 a.m. club. Alarm goes off at 4 a.m. every day. And uh, I the power hours for me are from 5 to 9 in the morning. I'm my best. I'm the most alert. I'm the most cognizant. I'm the most excited from 5 to 9. And then, of course, you go through your day. But those those are power hours, man. And if you start if you start punching that clock at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., the amount of hours that you add to a year or to your life, man, it's huge, man. It's huge. Plus, dude, nothing good happens after nine o'clock in the evening. Right. Right. I mean, when Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy go off, put your boy to bed because I ain't got (laughs) nothing else going on. You know, that's a that's that's a very good point. You know, just being aware of your surroundings, too. And what really happens? We all know that. Nothing good happens after dark is when people get most in trouble because, you know, it's not going to be in the morning because they're all asleep by that point. That's right, dude. That's right. Nothing good happens, man. I'm, I'm a married man with three kids. Put your boy to bed. All right. That's all there is to it. So you pretty much are in bed by like nine, ten o'clock. I try to be asleep by 10. Uh, usually, you know, trying to head that way. You're getting sometimes you have sports and church and things like that to keep you out. But usually by 10 o'clock, we're, we're heading that direction. You know, I'm not going to be staying up. You know, we don't. We don't Netflix, man. I don't have cable. You know, I don't, I don't really do any of those things. So there's really no point. What am I going to do? Just sit on my phone and scroll Twitter, you know, so head it on to bed, bro. Put it down. That's really good. Especially the more that research comes out about how much phones are actually keeping the minds up and our sleep is actually declining too, because of that, you realize how much blue light really, you know, affects the uh, the melatonin levels in our brains and everything that really prevents us sleeping. And, we both know how value sleep is. There's been countless studies about get your sleep. Sleep is vital. And that's why you, you have this kind of trend now of think people are going to go back to slightly the alarm clock because now I know a lot of people who don't even sleep with their phone in the room anymore. Dude, it, I, I've, I've seen lots of studies on it, man. And having that hour gap before you go to bed of where you're not going to allow that, that blue light in or that screen light in, it's been vital, man. You know, and I know when I break that rule, my mind is awake, my 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 thoughts are awake, my my almost my system is kind of geared up, and I have, it takes me a minute to kind of wind back down. But if you give yourself an hour gap before you're going to sleep without that blue light, man, it makes a huge difference, you know. And dude, you know, if 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 you're not pillared out on sleep, like if that's not a pillar of your life, 
you're not going to be your best version of yourself for your family, for your job, for your friends, for even, even for Twitter and the things we do. You're just not going to be cognizant. You're not going to be your full. You might be functioning at 65% capacity right. where you could be functioning 85, 90, 95% capacity. Sleep is a huge factor for sure. Yeah. And people might need less, some less coffee to keep them up and keep them moving. Cause I know a lot of people just drink coffee throughout the day just to, you know, keep those levels hot. But it's also like, from even a nutrition level, watching how certain foods now are affecting us. Kind of for me, certain foods were go through like an, like I found this turnaround was like an instant spike. So you eat, so obviously you get more energy, then all of a sudden, boom, you start crashing. And it's when you crash, it's, it's, fast too it's not like a slow and say it's like a roller coaster it's like just it's quick it's quick man garbage in garbage out now i'm, I'm gonna let you slide on the coffee because your boy happens to love some coffee and I will, <laughs> I will do a little little drinking on some coffee and i just enjoy it you know i've seen people like zach homo and some of these guys take some sabbaticals from coffee yeah and i'm kind of like i'm kind of like don't don't take my coffee man you can have you can have lots of things but but don't take my caffeine from me don't take my coffee <laughs> No, I, I love coffee too. So I'm not trying to hate on the coffee. It's just uh, more so. I mean, it's like when you have people who are drinking like sometimes like 32 ounces and they're just putting like full of cream and sugar, just uh, further things versus drinking a black, which all the antioxidants have in there. So yeah, and it takes, I'm not sure if you do drink coffee with cream and sugar or just black. I put a little bit of local honey in mine. So okay. I started hey, honey doing honey a while back as like a pre-workout. So now I just squirted in the coffee, squirted in my mouth and, <laughs> rock and roll you know i will say because of all the guys like gabe uh Plegus and all that those guys just i've i've tried i'm like you know what i never thought honey on steak would taste good and you know i'm a believer now i'm like yeah i'll put a little bit of some honey on that obviously maybe make some yogurt put some put some berries on it squirt some more honey on it that's it dude so. you know, that's one of the downsides of twitter man is here i am i'm buying like $50 a month in local honey because of Twitter, right? right? You guys, you guys ruined me, man. And so now I'm like, I, I'm going through honey faster. I'm thinking about getting bees or something, you know, so I can keep up with the honey demand that right. I, that I ingest. <laughs> Have you ever tried uh, like the bee pollen at all? Uh-uh. So it's actually really good. So the bee pollen just is like further like, like antioxidants in your body. So it's actually like raw. It's not like when it's liquid, it's actually when it's more of a solid. And I know my local farmers market, they were selling, so I'll get some of that and just like take like a teaspoon a day just to kind of crunch and get a little bit more health benefits out of it. Huh. I had heard somebody talk about it through allergies. Like they might have taken the pollen through allergies and it might have helped with that. You know, down here in the south, we have the pollen that just flows off the trees, man. It's like the yellow snowstorms down here. And uh, I had heard some, they, they say that might help with it. Never tried it though. I'll be interested though. If it comes from a bee, I might be willing to take it, you know? Hey, right. The honey, I mean, same thing, just a different concentration of it. I'll take it, bro. Give it to me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm just like, your story is incredible. What you've done in Vigor. So how are you kind of now taking all the lessons you've learned and like helping your friends and your family? That's a good question, Zach. So, um, when you, when you begin to emerge as a man, um, and begin to rediscover passions and to put your hand on something that when you touch it, you come alive again, mm. you feel that passion, it, even in faith, man, this goes beyond my faith because I'm a man of faith. You know, I love, love God. And, uh, when you touch a faith principle, you touch a life principle and it makes you come alive and kind of unlocks this side of you as a man, 
that you didn't know you had, man, I feel so guilty not giving that out to people. I feel guilty not sharing that with somebody, what faith can do for them or what fitness can do for them or what a dialed in family life can do for them. And sometimes, dude, I, I'll talk with guys, I'll talk with clients and I'm like, it's so evident that you're you're in the gray, man. You're, you've gone listless, you've gone cold. And I'm like, buddy, there is still life to live. And so sharing that and giving that out has been a huge blessing of, of my life, dude. And when somebody gets it, like when the cogs click in and you're talking and it just lines up and they're like, bro, I lost 20 pounds, man. Or I, I got a PR dude. Or, you know, my family started going to church for the first time in years, man. And, you know, I got, I got goals again. I got dreams again. Dude, it fires me up, man. And when you see somebody get it, it's like, dude, it's all worth it. Right. And you're like, thank God that I was able to be brought out of that cave of questioning and now show others there's light at the end of the tunnel or there's opportunity or there's there's still hope, man. Having hope for your life. There's still opportunities for you to live a great life, you know, and when you see somebody get it, bro, it's just it's a great feel. There's nothing like it, man. Oh, my gosh. I com- I completely agree. There's there's nothing harder than seeing someone without hope. You know, just you can see it on their face. They slouch more. And there's just something about their eyes. I truly do believe that the eyes are the gateway of the soul. Mm. Because you can just see it. There's just a look people have where it's just like, they're just so, feel like so mundane and just that gray man. And just like, and even if you try sometimes to give them hope, they're like, be sure. Like, you know, there's yeah. only so much cloud. There's so much like a cloud of doubt in their minds and in their hearts that they just don't, they need that encouragement to really help them go through all that. So true, man. So true. And that, you know, that was me too, man. You know, we, when I first started Twitter and these, these Wednesday midweek motivators started coming out. Um, some Tyler was talking to me about Tyler Todd mm-hmm. and uh, we we're talking about why, you know, getting your own brand and what you have for you and you kind of making a niche for yourself. And we brought up the Wednesday motivators. So it's like, dude, I need, a sermon sometimes. Wednesdays was my hardest day. It was my toughest day. I was gone early in the morning to late at night and I needed some sort of a boost on Wednesday. So I started preaching to myself, man, and 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 just giving myself a little one minute motivational, pull yourself out of the gutter and get back to life and, and begin leaning towards that. And they were so impactful for me. It's like, man, I need to start sharing some of these. So I started recording them, putting them out. And so now every week it's become uh, my thing that, that I have this once a week thing, man, in this little sermon. And, and until sometimes that, that you're presented with the problem, you don't know that you have one. Right. And then when you see that there is another way to live outside of you being depressed or outside of you being listless, you find out that there are people that are living at 95, 90, hundred percent of their capacity, hundred percent positivity, or even 85%, man, they're just functioning at a great level. You're like, man, it's possible. It's possible to live that man. And, and that was a huge turning point for me coming out of that was realizing there was a possibility for a man to live a life that was good, a life of positivity, a life of gratitude, a life of thankfulness. And like you talk about the eyes, man, that was me, dude. If you'd have met me, I was just just gone cold, dude. Just wasn't much living for, man. And I'm here to tell all of y'all, if you're listening, Zach, you too, there's hope, right? And we are testaments that if God's not done, you, you're not dead, then God's not done, right? That there's hope still to be had for your life, right? Amen, man. Completely. That's why I always say, you know, if you're, if you woke up and I say this sometimes to myself too, okay, I woke up. Okay. There's a purpose for my life to do better, be better, be that 1% better. 
and uh, I've been given this opportunity and I can make a decision. Am I just going to waste it away or am I going to do something about it? If I don't like, if you don't like your current situation, are you going to continue that path or are you going to make the decision that today's the day? That's why all throughout Twitter and I say more so in Twitter than any other social media platform where you see that, like start today. Okay. You don't like your situation? Start today. You know exactly. how if you are? Start today. Connect with a group. Get with a group. There's a lot of different, whether you have to pay between five to fifteen dollars a month, a lot of these groups have sometimes those live groups for free. And because it's worth that investment of developing a community of people to support one another, to help one another, that you don't have to face these problems alone. And that's like the one thing that I think guys do a lot is okay, this is my problem. I have to figure this out. I mean, I remember being a kid going through stuff. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, knowing that there's a lot of issues going on, but I know people had it worse and it didn't help me at all. So when you take time and it's going to take time to find that good group of community, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to meet with different people and figure out, okay, who's out of this group really for me? And uh, one of the hardest changes you have to make is sometimes breaking away from friendships. It's true. It's true, man. That's that's probably the hardest is you have to say, listen, you guys just want to go out and drink all the time. Listen, one, that's going to cost me a lot of money that I really don't have. <laughs> and two, just in general speaking, of course. And then two, it's like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. It's good. It's good, bro. And, you know, I've been very fortunate, man. There's been there's been high caliber men that have been placed in my life throughout the course of my 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 37 years here. And these high caliber men, when you meet them, bro, it's um, it's different, right? It's different. Yeah. And when that type of man comes into your life and are vulnerable or they crack open their chest and reveal a heart mm. or reveal an emotion or reveal a soul and they reveal part of their struggle, man, it's 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 awesome. Right. When you see a man that's you would you would consider a leader. You would consider a strong man, a full grown man, right? And right. cracking chest and being vulnerable and having that friendship. You're like, man, there's something to this. And and as these men become accountable and they they become vulnerable, the life change occurs because what you what you conceal ought to be revealed, and it's going to cause a cancer, right? You have to sometimes crack that chest open and say, guys, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling. Or like you said, you can just stay there with those right. same friends and never crack chest, never get vulnerable and never address the issues. And you just become a stagnant, no life river, right? Down here in Columbia, we do some kayaking. And when the river's high, it's flowing great, man. There's, there's, there's just good water. And it always flows out of the banks when the river's high. And when the water recedes, you have these coverts, these little eddies that have now got water in them from when the river was high. And when the water receded, the water has stuck in there. And what happens to this water is it's stinky. It gets trash in it. That The wildlife can't survive in it because there's no circulating current. Right. It's stagnant water. And, and accountability and vulnerability for me bring freshness into what you've tried to keep stagnant. You Maybe you've got a section of your life where you're like, man, the water in this section has grown cold and stagnant. It's not moving. There's no life in it. You need to let a current back into there. You need to let fresh water back into there. And like what you said with friendships is so crucial is that sometimes you opening up that door 
to a friend is the water that you might need because you've been in that cesspool for so long. You might need a fresh set of eyes to to come into that section and open up and bring some fresh current in there, bring some fresh life or some fresh hope into that situation that you thought was dead. And friends do that, man. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent of choosing your friends. Go get a go find a man who's doing what you want to do, right? Who's working out, who's got a family, who's got a career, who's got goals and and latch on. You want to be rich, get around rich people. You want to be poor, get around poor people. You want to be positive, get around positive people. You want to be a weightlifter, get around people who are lifting weights, right? Surround yourself with who you want to become. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Put yourself around somebody you want to be. I love that quote too, you know, because... I know there's, I know the guys, I can't remember the guy's name, but I know he can be a little bit raunchy on, you know, through like YouTube shorts. So this is like one little guy who says it and he goes, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's just like, oof, this is so true. I mean, make and your mindset's going to determine that. And it's Absolutely. so imperative that people really recognize that. You know, because like if you hang around a bunch of people who use profanity, eventually you use profanity. If you hang around a bunch of people who make fun of others, you'll eventually be the sixth, seventh mocker in the group. So then you hang around people who are encouraging and want to support you and encourage you, not just kind of complain about the current state of how things are, but actually want to be action takers and do something and become kind of on this channel, really focusing on like that man of action who's not afraid to be a buy who doesn't want to be a bystander anymore, but wants to be an action taker, take their life back, reclaim it, and really recognize how much potential they have within themselves. 100%, dude. You know, I used to say it like this, Zach. Uh, a person that's sitting on the bench at a sporting event is no threat to the opposing team. They're, mm. they're, they're a noisemaker. They're a cheerleader. They're a, I'm not the cheerleaders are no threat to the opposing team, but They're in the stand. The other team is not worried about them. But a person on the field who's actively playing is a threat to the enemy. Like, oh, man, new pitcher coming in. Oh, man, do you see that guy's arm? Did you see what this person can do? And you become a threat to the enemy when you just get involved in the game. Instead of just sitting there complaining about how the game's going, get involved in the game and play it. Absolutely, brother. So with this, like – I know you talked about the early group, but do you have like another group where you kind of focus more on like just kind of really checking in with each other to see how you guys are doing? And, and of course, as we know, sometimes you have to call people on their BS of this and yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I think it's going around. It's like, okay, come on, come on now. Yeah. I've got a few groups uh, that I work with specifically. Um, I've got some guys that I hold myself accountable to through text. They might live in Texas or California or wherever. And we all kind of keep up and I just say, Hey man, I'm going, I'm going through something. Can you pray for me? Or, Hey, what do you think about this, man? I'm raising teenage daughters. You know, how do I, how do I manage this? How do I, when, when should I give my child a phone, you know, and, and learning from dads who have kind of been down the road and got a t-shirt from the season I'm in, that's been helpful. I'm in a group right now with Zach Hamill, dude. And each day the guys are checking in and they're like, Hey, hit my breath work. Hit my hit my exercise goals for today. Hit my fitness programs. Here's what I'm eating. And there's just this constant sense of accountability where you are you are seeing what they're doing and it's encouraging you to say, oh, man, I need to get back on it. Oh, man, I missed this. I need to. These guys are reminding me that I need to stay true to this. And 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 dude, this is this is so crucial for a man to have some form of accountability and like, oh, well, it could be your wife or it could be your friend. Yeah, maybe it could be. But if you give somebody access to your life, 
to call you up to a higher standard, I mean, you're going to be better because of it. You are going to be a better man because you gave somebody access to call you out. Right. But this isn't something you could just have. This is a friendship that you need to forge out. You need to go find this person and latch on to them and say, I need help in these specific areas. Will you text me once a week or call me once a month and say, are you looking at pornography? Are you getting drunk? Are you are you living the life that I'm, that God called you to live? Are you being a man of honor? Are you being a man of integrity? Are you being a man of character? Dude, even recently, I was talking with a bro online recently, and I was talking about our fitness uh, goals, things that scare us. You know, I had gotten into the ice recently, and I was doing ice baths, and it scared the crap out of me. You know, when you get into the ice, it's like it's like panic, dude. It's like all, your system is shutting down. You're freaking out and you're trying to regulate your breath. And so it became this intimidating thing for me. And we made this statement that says you have to pursue discomfort. You've seen this, right? You have to seek the discomfort. If it makes you nervous, you should probably be attempting it, right? Right, exactly. Same with fitness. And so we were talking about fitness. And so he was talking about running and wanting to increase his run. I said, okay, well, what's the furthest you've been in the last year? And I think he said like, a 5k might've been the farthest okay. he'd been in, in the last year. So I said, buddy, what, what scares you? What distance would you say scares you? And he'd say, dude, I don't know. A 10k scares me right now. That's double what I've done right. in the last year. I said, okay, you pick a distance and, and, and whatever distance you pick, I'm going to do it with you. And I hadn't been running a lot recently. So I was scared of what he was going to throw out there. <laughs> But he gave me access to call him up to a higher standard, and he picked he picked he picked eight miles, right? Okay. And he ran, he went out there, ran those eight miles, dude, and he texted me back. He's like, "Bro, man, I did it. You know, I was feeling great, man. I I went through the doubts, but you said I wasn't gonna die, and I did it." And I said, "Buddy, dude, this is this is a win, right? This is a huge yeah. win. You give me access to call you up to a higher standard, and we're gonna notch this off as a W." And not just in fitness, that, but in every area of your life, when you allow yourself to be pulled to a higher standard, you become a better man because of it. Yeah, I love it. And the fact that you're willing to go with him and do it too, that's, that speaks volume of you. It's like, okay, because you know, we're just a team. And for you to go out and do that, man, that's, uh, that's just awesome. Like, truly, truly. That, you know, that's that way you're like, you're making a difference. You're, you're encouraging others, you're speaking that encouragement and you're being the difference and you're saying that you can do this and we'll face discomfort together. That's right, dude. That's right. And I'll go, I'll go out there and, and get sucked with you for a while, get miserable. You know, we'll go out, both go out there and sweat and just complain and, you know, feel that pain in our body. And then afterwards, when the endorphins release from physical activity and you feel like a king and you feel like a champ, Right. Then we'll then we'll slap back and we'll grow as friends because of that. We went through hardship together and now we're going through victory together. And we learn as friends because of that. Dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go out there with you and get miserable for a little while. For sure, dude. Man, there's not many men like that out there. And hopefully, you know, we can create like a chain reaction to that. You encourage one person. You always hope that you pay it forward, that that person will now encourage someone else to face their own discomfort that they talk to and just feel so and vigor and just alive and going from that man who's great to that man who's just on fire, you know, whether it's on fire for God, whether it's on fire for fitness, health, or just wanting to be different in some capacity. And I was saying, okay, you know what? I got to do this. I you know, right. just changing that mindset and everything is such a mindset. Like the older I get and the more I study and different things, since I'm in mental health and all about mentality, mental health, uh, the mindset, 
And the more like you realize that you're really sometimes your own main obstacle that things aren't going to be as bad. And it's hard because we psych ourselves out so easily and that to grow, it's I've really learned like the last like year or two, it's like really to grow. You have to really face that discomfort. You have to face what you fear because, and I'll tweet about this sometimes too, is the biggest risk is not taking one at all. That's so good. And so good. Dude, I, I, I have a lot to say about this particular area, seeking the discomfort and going after what scares you. Dude, it, that man that does that will be a different person in the world. Like yeah. you will be you will be the one percenter or you'll be the, 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 the minority when you become a person that seeks out scary things. Right. I'm afraid of skydives. So I'm going to jump out of a plane. Right. I'm afraid to get in ice baths because it freaks my body out. So I'm going for 11 minutes in ice bath. Right. Nice. I haven't ran farther than 5K in a year. So I'm going for eight miles now. And when you become that type of man, you are the catalyst for change and you don't even have to say anything. You become a high impact man, of, a man of value, a man of principle, just because you set a bar for yourself. And others are like, wow, it's possible to live that way. Right. It's possible right. to have a life of, of passion and a life of fire and a life of, of vision. Because I see it in this dude. Right. Right. And you become that type of man when you put what scares you in front of you. And you say, I'm willing to do that. We've got a little routine on Wednesdays that uh, it's called Farmers Carry Wednesdays. Nothing fancy, just uh, uh, a name we decided to come up with. And at the end of the workout on Wednesdays, me and some boys and whoever's in the gym and wants to join, we'll go up to the dumbbell rack and you grab a weight that you believe is intimidating. Right. Mm-hmm. So we started with 100 pounds in each hands. And we're like, we're going to go 50 yards with 100 pounds, man. And you put 100 pounds in each arm and you take off walking and you go through the psychedelic experience and your body's going into shock load and your traps are banging and everything's hurting. You're like, wow. But where do you go from there? We went to the 110s, right? To the 120s. Now we're on the 130s, which is the highest dumbbell that they have at our gym. And the, the fear that started coming when you think about 130s or you think about the 260 pounds that you're about to tote. And you're like, it's scary. It's debilitating, almost to the point where like we're going to increase distance. And now I'm worried about it. You're going through your workout on Wednesday. And you're like, oh, crap. Farmers carries are coming. And it's a nerve wracking thing because it takes such a toll on your system. But now when you get done with that farmer's carry, 130 pounds for 100 yards. Now we're doing two laps. Right. We've progressed so much further from that first initial oh. 50 yards. Now. I still fear it. I still am like, I don't want to do this. But I know that if I fear it and give it that power, it will own me. So what do I do at the end of the workout? I don't think about just go over there, grab them, let's walk, right? And then when I get done, dude, I feel amazing. I feel like, man, I'm so glad that's done. I'm so glad I didn't bail out on that. I'm so glad I didn't just pull the chump card and be like, ah, let's do it another day, right? seeking that discomfort gives me a win in the middle of the week, right? gives me a W. And, and dude, who knows what Zach Holm was talking about, this big stone that he's got that's like 300 pounds of shape. Whatever. I can't remember the name he called it. He called it something fancy, man. starts with an S, I think. Anyway, he's like, it's a 300-pound stone. He's like, your back will grow. And I'm like, oh, dude, the envelope is so far. But that's what I need. I need somebody to say, hey, you did good, but we could push further. You can, you did awesome. Let's go some more. And Zach's, Zach's out there setting pace, dude. I'm like, all right, bro, I see you and I'm coming, right? I see that it's possible and I want to get there. And I also want to be that for somebody behind me too. Show them what's possible. 
Oh, 100%. And I mean, he's out there like encouraging me to do like, do like a competition now. He's like, I mean, he just did like the Iron Man. Now he's like, I think it's the strong man he's doing now. And it's just like, you got other people like, yeah, I'm doing this competition, this competition. It's like, dang, like. What you going to do? What you going to do, Zach? What I'm going to do is, um, well, right now I'm doing the 75 hard day challenge. Yeah, that's a great challenge. So now I'm really trying to focus on just getting really healthy and in shape. And I, I'm terrible at running. I've never been like a long distance. So I'm actually trying to build that up. And I'm thinking about, because I can probably do about three miles in about 45 minutes. So I might like sign up for like a 5K at one point. I just had to continue to build that stamina and that endurance. So that's just something like I've been like, that's just been, I don't know why, but that's like, I haven't, I need to do more running to get better at it. So that's something I got to still focus on myself. Um, but that's something that's just, I don't know why, that's just been in my mind for like the last maybe a week or so or something like that, maybe a little bit longer than that. But it's just been like, and then I had someone immediately text me, was like, when I had 10K, it's just like, I don't know if I would survive a 10K. <laughs> Dude, I, I have a huge background in running. I love running. That's how I got uh, started in some of the fitness calisthenic circles. There's nothing quite like the endorphin release that comes from running. Your pores feel clean. Your mind feels clean. Your body feels clean. It's a great feeling. And when COVID hit, me and a buddy, we were we were saying, hey, let's – you remember you remember two weeks to slow the curve, Zach? Yeah. You're like, hey, yeah. two weeks yeah. to slow the curve. So we were uh, sent home from our jobs, and, and, and we were kind of on this waiting period for these two weeks. So I said, Hey, let's run a 5k every day for these two weeks, you know, and just until, till COVID's gone, let's run a 5k a day. So of course the two weeks didn't stop the, the, the COVID. Right. And so two weeks in, we said, well, let's just keep going and see what happens. So every day we were going to run a 5k and a hundred days later, I'm like, where do we go from here? We're a hundred days in COVID's not stopped. We're still in limbo. He's like, let's keep going. Let's make it to 150. So we did 150 days in a row of running a 5K at least a day. Some days were seven, some days were 10, some days were 13, and it was just amazing. And during that time, we started talking about a marathon. We're like, we're in great running shape. You know, we're, 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 we're running a lot. Let's, let's look at a marathon. And both of us said the same thing. We're like, man, a marathon, 26 miles, right? You know? But here's the deal with running, man. And this, is, this goes beyond running. This goes into fitness. This goes to anything. There's this point in running where you get really uncomfortable. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You feel like you feel like you're gonna die. Your lungs are hurting. Your legs mm-hmm. are hurting. Everything's hurting. But you don't die, right? right? You don't die. You end up making it back to your house or to your car. You're usually okay. It's this discomfort that we go through. And we're like, oh, body's like, stop, stop. And here's the deal with big distance. That feeling is the same feeling at three miles as it is is 15 miles. You just mm-hmm. how long can you endure that feeling? How long can you be uncomfortable and go through it? So I went out there and did this marathon. I went to a high school track, Zach, a circle track, right? Yeah. And I'm out there trying to run a marathon and I'm going through the, what, what could happen is my body shutting down. I went through the seven stages of grief on this marathon. Anger. There was times where I'm like, I hate this, you know? And there was times where I'm like, let's go. And there was other times where I wanted to cry and just going through these different emotions was so crucial man i didn't know what to expect but i got it done right and i I, my wife was there at the end i called her i was like i need you to come up here and she got to the end i'm like i can't explain to you what happened in my mind when i crossed 26.2 miles just on a random friday going out there and running 
it was the greatest experience because number one, I didn't think I could do it, right? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Impossible to who, right? Impossible to you, impossible to me, impossible to them. No, it ain't. You can run, right? How long can right. you handle that feeling of discomfort? And dude, apply this to your marriage, apply this to working out, apply this to your job. Okay, jo- work's tough right now. How long can you handle that feeling of discomfort? Mm-hmm. And me going to PR, this bench press, right? It is just, dis- it's hard. My muscles are shaking. How long can you handle that load, right? And learning to handle load in every area of your life is going to make you resilient to load, right? You're going to be able to load your system up and like, I'm good here. I am okay in discomfort because I've trained in discomfort, right? That's right. Sorry, that was a mouthful. No, I loved it. I even loved how you included the seven stages of grief into like what you're going through, that anger, that bargaining i'm sure you're like come on i just want this to stop should i stop no you gotta keep going okay well if i stop then well, i did pretty good like we always get right well i did pretty good so i think i earned this to stop which is again one of those the mind i i just i love the mind honestly it's like one of my favorite things because how it can push you to do better you know being just uh either push you to do better or stop you from even moving and living just what the mind does and just like how these we call it intrusive thoughts, like how these thoughts just pop in our minds. Like, don't do that. You can't do that. Who are you to do this? And then it's just like us making that decision. First of all, I have no idea where these thoughts come from because I was just, you know, thinking about going to the gym and all of a sudden now it's like, you know, it's like, well, it's raining. Do you really want to go out? It's like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Not really. I, I have to do it because I have a says, like, got to go there's a reason I got to go and do this. There's, there's something stopping me from doing this and I need to go do it. That's right, dude. And you, you know about the mind, man, you know about yeah. neural pathways, right? Oh, the neural, the neural connecting pathways, man, of doing something difficult and reaping that benefit. Man, it's like a mental cookie, dude. I mean, yeah. you're giving yourself a treat when you do that hard thing and you mm-hmm. go and complete it. And next time you go to do it, your brain's like, Oh, I get a cookie for this. I get a reward. I get a treat. For doing this difficult thing, man. And I promise you guys, anybody who's listening, if you begin to attempt difficult things and create those neural pathways, you might look at that mountain of your life and be like, man, I, I can't. And that's one of the biggest lies we believe is men. I can't. I, I can't. Yes, you can. I guarantee that you're more capable of what you think. Right. You're more capable and you don't have to move that whole mountain. You don't have to go run the whole marathon right now, but you could start running. You could pick up one stone in front of you and begin moving that mountain piece at a time, because I'm telling you, you can. Right. And believing that you can do something, making that neural connection that you can do something is huge, man. It's huge. Without a doubt. And the fact that, you know, you might still have and you might want to call these like default actions or just habits where your neuron pathways are used to doing something. And if you do something hard, that you can create new neuron pathways, neuroplasticity, and always making the mind stronger and better. It's pretty much what that is. And create neuron track, uh, neuron connections. So that way you can have different chains of thoughts. We can actually hold like a thought captive and say, okay, I can either listen to this thought and go one direction, or I can go a different direction. And I have that choice. And when people recognize how much of a choice they have, it is so powerful for them. It's so empowering that knowing that they have that opportunity to make that choice and only they themselves, no one can force them to make that choice. They themselves have to make that choice. So as we kind of wrap up things, what is like some like advice you want to give to someone like this? Just someone let's say who's that gray man feeling down. Like what's like one piece of advice in a quick click statement 
that you want to give them to them today? 100% Zach. So with this, I say this often and I've said it several times in this conversation. If you're not dead, God's not done. Okay. You've got more life to live. You've got a passion. You've got a purpose and you've got something that you're going to touch. That's going to bring you to life. You just got to find it. Keep searching, keep looking and keep going. I love it. Short, sweet, simple, that cherry on top. I love it. So Nate, just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, thank you so much for taking time every day to be here. And go check him out on his social media and all his platforms will be in the link below. And if you're interested, because Nate does do coaching. So if you're a father, if you want to improve in your fitness journey and be a better you know, father, fitness and health and overall, check out his coaching. DM him on Twitter. He's a fun guy, encouraging guy, and I guarantee you'll change your life for he is a man of action. So I hope everyone has a blessed day, and I'll check you next video. Bye.